أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآله محمد Next uh, stage of akhlaq that Ayatollah Jawadi discusses is uh, the maqam of sabr So first he will give us a little definition he says, sabr is opposite to jaza. Jaza means to wail, to complain, these kinds of things. So he says, uh, if jaza is the opposite of sabr, then sabr will mean to hold yourself and control yourself, um, not be anxious, not to complain, um, and not do anything that is wrong, that puts you in the wrong path and direction. That'll be sabr. Okay. Then he talks about three types of sabr. If a person wants to traverse the path of spirituality, there are three types. Well, three things that you will show sabr towards that count in Allah's eyes. Number one is sabr towards ta'ah and obedience of Allah. I'm going to go through this a little quicker because I think it's pretty clear. Ta'ah. Sabr in the face of ta'ah. You know, the example, of course, is Salat al-Fajr. You want to wake up for Salat al-Fajr? Not only do you have to set an alarm, but you also have to try to sleep early at night, which means that you're going to have to give up a lot of other things sometimes. So that's the that's one sabr. Another sabr is in the face of ma'asiyah and sin and disobedience, which also requires patience. It's not going to be sweet. It's going to be bitter. Um, and so that is also one. And then finally, sabr in the face of musibah. Yeah, and tragedy and hardship also. And we have hadith for all of these. Then he talks about the different grades of sabr. That there is a sabr that some people, that the lay people have, the normal people out there have. Um, it's the normal sabr that you will find. And then you'll have the, the intermediate one, which is uh, the sabr of the those who are spiritual wayfarers. And then you will have the sabr of those who are wasil, who have actually reached, reached Allah, or reached the destination. So what are these three? He explains each of them very quickly, I'll explain them. He explains the first one as the weakest one, of course, the sabr of the people. That is that they will not complain, and they won't do anything that is wrong, in the face of something that requires them to have sabr, okay? So for example, I still remember um, growing up one time, um, I heard somebody like something had, bad had happened and these, this person was complaining actually about God, you know, in front of others. And uh, that's okay. That's not necessarily that they're going to go to Jahannam for it, but they're not showing sabr either. So that is that form of sabr that usually is expected of people. It is the lowest level, but hey, I'm not going to lie. Like that's the one that I have to deal with all the time. I don't care about the rest. <laughs> still, we're still... Uh, here and it's fine so it says that they won't complain they won't do anything wrong okay with uh, their limbs and you know in practice and at the same time though their hearts have anxiety their hearts are trembling and shaking that's the normal sabr that's the sabr of the lay people what is the difference between this sabr and the next grade or degree of sabr is that this person will have that same sabr, meaning not complaining, not doing anything wrong, 
doing this for ajr and reward by Allah. And at the same time, because they know that this is a deal they're making with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course they believe in Allah. So because they know that the person they're dealing with is Allah, their hearts at least are at rest. So the first group, that first grade of sabr is the one whose heart is shaking. It is such a task for them to have sabr. But if a person continues that inshallah, and it makes a habit of being sabur in the face of these things, then you know they will reach a point where um, at least their heart is at ease, is at rest, because they know that they're getting something in return for this. And then you'll have the highest level of sabr, okay? Which is the sabr of the urafa, he says. And I think you can guess what it is. If the first one was their hearts are trembling, the second one was no, their hearts are at ease, but you know, they're doing this for reward, then the, the third one will definitely be that they are having sabr only for satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he talks about how we have a verse that is is that has to do with the first two categories of sabr. إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Surah Zumar verse 10. Those who are at that lower level of sabr or that intermediate level of sabr, the Quran says about them, Allah will give the sabirin their ajr and reward بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Like you can't even count it. That's how great it's going to be. Okay? So even that is awesome. Okay, that level of sabr. Sabr is not something that everyone enjoys, unfortunately. Okay, so uh, even that lowest level of it is something great and to be very happy about. It is a huge blessing if a person can control themselves when they get angry, to have patience. But then he says that third level, that highest level of sabr, verses like these will apply to them. Verse number uh, 55, 155 to 157 of Surah Baqarah. That there are some sabirin that they practice sabr. And this sabr that they do, where is it coming from? Is it coming from them? Wanting a reward from Allah? What is it stemming from? It's stemming from this understanding that inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. The fact that everything of mine belongs to Allah, how can I how can I have sabr for any other reason? The reason why I'm gonna have sabr isn't because of inna al-janna lil-sabirin, inna ma yuwaffa sabirun ajrahum bighayri hisab. That's not why I'm gonna have sabr. Well, why are you having sabr? It's all coming from that conviction. Okay, so this, this set of people, of course, is going to be different. And so this set of people gets that special reward of number one, Allah sends salawat on them, whatever that means, special blessings, and the special mercy of Allah and these people are the ones who are guided. Now Ayatullah Jawadi here, he explains that Muhtadi is different than Mahdi. Mahdi is anyone that's guided. Muhtadi is someone that's very much guided. It's emphatic here, okay? <clears throat> so these are three things for those who have that patience, that special patience. 
that comes from and originates from inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun understanding that having ha- made that part of you okay and then he has something here i want to read off of he says the arif will have sabr why because he or she knows that they don't own anything nothing is in their actual possession see it said inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun we belong to allah that means everything right if i belong to allah everything that belongs to me also belongs to allah for sure right and so um it says the arif is having sabr because of this and he he or she has this understanding and says to themselves that okay everything that i have is the trust from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to me and he will take it back so so for some time it was a trust in my hands and now i have that he has taken it back and that's why i'm not going to wail and complain over its separation from me and this is why allah sends salawat on these people okay so that's an understanding that they have so that's something to reach inshallah inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun and then he goes on to say and that's why if a person undertakes the burden of fasting waking up in the middle of the night things like that salatul fajr all these things because of inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun and not because of other things then these people are the muhtadun they have that special guidance extra guidance muhtadun they're not mahdiyun they're muhtadun yeah all right he says that if a person has not reached this level of sh- of of sabr and is in that those lower levels of sabr they can have jaza the opposite of sabr but if a person has reached this level of sabr then what's for sure is that they will never have any form of jaza which was complaining wailing you know those kinds of things giving up and that's why the imams were like this he says this faida yeah there's a hadith here faida nazala amrullah azza wa jalla radina biqada'ihi wa sallamna li amrihi wa laysa lana an nukriha ma ahabballahu lana that when the what allah wants yes descends upon us we are radi to it we are happy with it we're satisfied with it and we will be submitted to it and we're not the type of person to dislike what allah has wanted for us yeah like i think it's in nahjul balagha i'm not sure but from what i remember it's imam ali saying that i want whatever allah wants for me but i prefer health okay salamati i prefer that so they they have a preference and they will work towards that but if allah wants something else then the hadith here is saying that we are submitted so this is sabr okay i want to add to this now a little humble thing for my for myself um there's also another sabr like a fourth one if you may uh, i want to add and that is the sabr and reaching the destination yeah and not not rushing it okay you'll you'll read stories about these things about our greats if the door of that special spirituality doesn't open up to us we should not see it as uh oh the beloved you know doesn't care about us or is careless about us no it's actually if the door opens too early okay then you're not ready for it you know what it's like um i'll give a very dumb example 
um, it's like when you put all that time into making the batter for cookies and you make the cookie dough and you put it in the oven, everything is set, right? But because your kids want that the cookie sooner, you open up the oven sooner than you were supposed to, right? With lava cake, it's a little different. You have to leave it a little bit undone in the middle, right? But with cookies, you got to make sure it's done, right? Although some people like it softer, harder, but all in all, you get the example of what I'm trying to say, that if something, if you've done all the work for something, but it's just not ready to come out, and then you take it out or open the door, then you've ruined everything. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't open the door until we have proven ourselves 110%. Not proven ourselves because it says, it's because Allah is saying, I want to see if you're deserving enough. Um, no, Allah wants to see we are if we're deserving enough, not because not the same way we do that with others. Or do you deserve me or not? Do you deserve my love or not? No. It's more like, are you deserving enough in the sense that if I open the door to you sooner than I'm supposed to, it's going to hurt you yourself. I'm not going to let that happen. And so um, I remember I remembered uh, some of the things that I had read or heard about Allama Qadi, Rahmatullah and uh, I'm going to share those with you. I did a little search to find those. And sure enough, they're all over the internet, um, in Farsi, of course. So it says here that Allama Qadi, he says, that if you are in pursuit, in pursuit of water, you start digging into the ground. Of course, he's using a metaphor here. If you start digging into the ground looking for water, you should not get tired and hopeless. If it's time for water to come, if it's time for you to reach water, you will reach it. All right, or else don't lose hope. You will eventually reach water, even if it, you know, if sometimes this water will gush towards you. But you don't give up. It's a metaphor. You're talking about that spirituality, right? Now, what is the definition of this reaching it, the door opening and all of that? I, we don't know exactly. But what we can say, or what I can tell you based on whatever little bit that I've heard and read in these years, is that a little bit of a detachment to Allah and certain things being experienced that you didn't experience before. Seeing rea things in their reality. You know, some will call it the barzakhi eye opening up, whatever you want to call it, okay? These, as I've said again and again, these are not the goal, but at the same time when they happen, it is special, okay? <laughs> Who are we kidding? It is special. If they give us a little peek into the other side, into haq and reality, we'll care less about everything here. The fact that I, I care a lot about a lot of stuff that happens around me is because I haven't given, I haven't been given that peak yet. Is it that God is uh, greedy, doesn't want me to, or no? It's I'm not ready for it. If He shows me, it'll hurt me more than it'll help me. So we have to develop that container once again, that capacity and capability to be able to experience haq. The haq will be there. Once again, the same example I give again and again. The water is flowing from the faucet. Do you have a container to collect the water? That's the thing. No one can say, oh, the faucet didn't want it for me. No, you didn't have a container, buddy. All right, so uh, there's another great, his name is Ayatollah Nijabat. Rahmatullah He's also very special. He quotes Allah Maqadi as well. He says that Allah Maqadi said that it's been 40 years that the Farsi says, Damaz alam zadam, which means like everything of me has been, everything of me has been Allah and God. Um, like, all my thoughts, my my my, you know, the blood that runs through my veins, 
my breathing, my everything has been Allah, 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 everything. Like in other words, I've been trying my best to get there, wherever there is again. Okay. And then he says, <clears throat> in this during this time period, I didn't never saw any dreams, never had any disclosure, mukashafa, any special experiences. I never had a friend or a companion, never had a sympathizer, someone that's hamdard, they say. It's been 40 years that I've been banging on this door, but nothing. Wow. <laughs> See this? I'm, all, I'm almost 40, right? Or let's say I'm 40. I haven't been banging on no door. I still have expectations. This person has been banging on the door and they haven't opened the door for him yet. But eventually... When they open the door, it really opens up to them. And so it says that, this is famous by the way, that one of these times, Allama Qadi, um, he, would, uh, he would pray Maghrib and Isha in the two harams of Imam, Has Imam al-Husayn and Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas And so, of course, he didn't live in Karbala, but I guess when he was there, or here it says he would always pray at them there. So I don't know what that means exactly. Some might say that he would travel there very quickly and pray and then come back to Najaf. I don't know. But anyway, it says that he was thinking to himself, this is a very famous story, thinking to himself that all these years, these 40 years, nothing from the world above has been given to me, has been shown to me. Okay, but I've, you know, anything I have is because of this stability and continuing the path, thabat. Remember we had this, one of the stages of akhlaq was thabat. St st was it stability or I forgot what we translated it to? Steadfastness. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> he says that all of a sudden he runs into somebody. And I think this was in Bain al-Haramain, by the way. And this person, I'm not going to read what it says here. Just all in all, he lets him know like what you're after, you'll find it in the haram of Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas. And so he goes there. He says he went, he wanted to pray. It says Takbiratul Ihram, and then all of a sudden, everything in the Haram of Al Fadl Abbas changes. <laughs> everything changes in a way that, you know, this is something no one has seen before, and no ear has heard any of this before. No, uh, none of this has crossed anyone's mind and heart before. So, an experience really is happening. This is after 40 years. And it says that he. Uh, stopped reciting for a little bit the salat in the middle of salat you can you know go silent for a little bit so that you know things go back to normal <laughs> but uh, he even it says he even took he took out some of the mustahabat and stuff so that he could finish his salat sooner and these are some of the details here okay and so it says that after that he didn't go to the haram of Imam Hussein and he looks for somewhere that wasn't too busy and so he goes home and in order to like not even have to discuss anything or have any uh, encounter the family, the wife, anybody, he just goes up to the rooftop and just lies down there. And then that same thing happens again to him that had happened in Salat. Okay, like he starts experiencing things again. <clears throat> Until uh, his wife comes upstairs with, uh, with some chai for him, some, chai, some, some tea for him. That state is gone again. Uh, it's it's it becomes so sensitive. By the way, it reaches a point where um, the smallest things can change things for you. Okay. Now our people, 
let me open a parenthesis here. Our people, they will hear this, that, oh, even the smallest dunya we matter might get in the way of certain things. And, and so all of a sudden, everything becomes haram on you and your family. All right. Hey, the Sharia says like this type of meat is halal. No, I'm going to do ihtiyat here. I'm going to do ihtiyat there. Why? Because they've heard that the smallest things can get out of the way. Habibi, this is 40 years of Allama Qadi. When you do that, I have no problem with you going all hard on ihtiyat. Okay? As I said before, Ayatollah Bahjad reached the point in the end of his life, he said, I'm only allowed to have one cup of chai, one cup of tea a day. That's like the only thing he would have. Okay? He was very frail and feeble. So, um, according to what has been narrated that you know that's how much he would he would have something very small yeah once you reach that point we'll talk then you know what it's like it's like when these kids ask me oh Mulana, um if we're on mars how are we going to pray which way is the qibla i said when you get to mars we'll talk about it like, come on this question is not irrelevant to me and you you know and many similar questions so here also yeah a little bit of dunya here for alam qadi takes that state away for him and so that's for him though, not for a person like me. It says he prayed his Isha, then that, he, that state comes back again. Something that he said, it says here that something that he says that he had never experienced a little bit of it even. And now that he has experienced it, it's like his soul wants to depart this body. Like this body doesn't want to stay in the soul. Uh, the soul doesn't want to stay in the body anymore. It's like, he wants to come out. It's time for dinner. They bring dinner. Once again, that state goes. Then in the middle of the night, it comes back. And this time it's a little longer. And then it says, eventually the doors to the heavens were opened for him. And he says, that which I was after, I gained all of it. And that was through Imam Hussein salam. And what that means even, Allah will channel this type of grace through the right channels. Okay, But look, he was pounding on the door of Allah and then when the time comes Allah channels it through Imam Hussein to him and this is a very famous story it's very famous okay so point being um, this is a fourth type of sabr did he give up 40 years no he didn't give up for 40 years um, we're always after that quick route to success and destination while part of that route is the time and the patience the patience is part of the route we have to understand that that's a fourth type of patience, I would say. And this has to do with, so you had sometimes patience in the face of ta'a, patience in the face of ma'asiyah, patience in the, in the face of musibah. This fourth one is patience when it comes to the spiritual matters and reaching that which you want to reach. Okay, so that's sabr. We move on to shukr now. Shukr is the next stage of akhlaq, he says. And opposite to shukr, or shukr ni'mah, which shukr means uh, gratitude, gratefulness, is kufranun ni'mah. Okay. He says here we also have different stages and grades of shukr. One of them is that a person uh, will acknowledge that these are the blessings of Allah and as a result will use them in a way that won't destroy their akhirah. So that is the level that is expected of everybody, really. If you want to be one of the shakirin, is that you don't even, he doesn't even talk about saying shukran lillah, like alhamdulillah for this blessing. Like, that's a given that you say alhamdulillah, but not using that blessing in the wrong way. Okay, he says this is the bare minimum. 
Okay, but then he goes on to a second. And this bare minimum is the one that the verses talk about. Applies to this one. It might apply to other ones as well, but it definitely applies to this one. That if you are grateful in this way to what I've given you, then I will give you more. But then he says there's another shukr, and that is the shukr of the urafa again. That this person says that, Oh Allah, my existence, any virtue and goodness and righteousness that I have in me, and not just me, within the whole world, it is all your blessing. You're the only one who gives blessings, and I am sitting at your table. Every table I sit at, Allah is the one who's getting, giving the rizq of that table. And when it says table here, every table, it doesn't mean this table with this food on it, that table with that food on it. No, the different types of food, the different types of sustenance and rizq. Yes, learning, ilm is also a rizq. So when you're sitting in the presence of one who has knowledge and they are imparting that knowledge on you, that is also a, uh, he says, is also one of those tables, so to speak, okay? So all of these, he says, that these, the razaq of all of these is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's not just those blessings that have come my way of the outer blessings, the zahiri, zahiri blessings that have to do with the physical side of me. No, no, even understanding that the inner blessings, so to speak, the batini uh, blessings are also from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. And so he starts explaining and getting to some details here. I like this paragraph. I want to read it to you. He says, sometimes a person is given a piece of fruit and that person gets happy. But then this person will think to themselves that, okay, wait a minute. A lot of these fruits that we're getting, animals, insects are also, are also eating from the same fruits, you know? And also the same thing with the flesh of animals, meat, beef. Okay, some of it comes to us, the rest goes to other, uh, other creatures. Okay, so this is a ni'mah, this person tells themselves. And I am shakir of it. I acknowledge that this is from Allah, correct? But the botany ni'mah is greater. And so this person gains knowledge, ma'rifah, akhlaq, and all of these things, and thanks Allah for them, for this knowledge, for this ma'rifah, for the akhlaq, for justice, for uh, you know liking the other and taking care of the other, and all of that. But then this person will think to themselves again, wait a minute, all of these qualities are qualities that the angels also have. So it's not ex something very exclusive still. So he's going a step further now. I am not an angel. I am Khalifatullah, this person says to himself. And so I need, there should be more. I shouldn't keep myself at that level. And that's why this person surpasses all of that and says that these are all ni'mah and blessings, but the best blessing of them all is the wali of the ni'mah himself. The one who's been giving all these na'mat that were listed above, il, ma'rifa, akhlaq, meat, fruit, all of that. No, the one who is giving actually, forget the blessings, but who the blessings are coming from is the biggest blessing. Wow. So this is like maybe one of the hijabs actually. These na'mat are maybe, you can in a way say these are some of the hijabs of nur, some of them, as if, as if, you know, loosely speaking here. 
Why? Because they are something good. But through that, they can also sometimes get take your focus away from the actual uh, target and goal, which is Allah Himself, the Wali of the Ni'mah, the one who's giving and bestowing them. Ya khayra ma'rufin urif, ya afdala ma'budin ubid, ya ajalla mashkurin shukir, ya a'azza madhkurin dhukir. So there's a lot of ma'roofs out there, there's a lot of ma'buds out there, a lot of mashkurs out there. But oh Allah, you're the best of all of these things, he's saying. Okay. This type of person says that who has kind of is now attached to the Jamal of Allah and the beauty of Allah, this person is going to be um yeah, this person is going to kind of be a little bewildered and after Allah. Ajaban lil muhib kayfa yanam. There's a hadith here that says that it is very strange that a person who's in love, how can they sleep? Okay, so this person, he's saying, this person sees all of the ni'mas of Allah that come their way, sees them, through them, and gets Allah out of all of them, and then and then thanks Allah because of that. So he's this person is thanking Allah for a blessing because the blessing is not just a blessing. The blessing is reflecting Allah Himself. Okay, it's like a little mirror that is reflecting Allah Himself. Okay, so this person is not focusing on that blessing. They're seeing through it. That blessing is only channeling your vision towards that which it's supposed to be looking at. Okay. All right. And so he also has some other. I'm just reading a lot here tonight because he had a lot of good lines. I told Jawadi here. He says, "It's when this happens that." The Quran says, if you if you thank me, I will give you more. It will apply to this person in the best way. Why? Because when you do shukr of ni'mah of Allah, blessing of Allah, when you fulfill the thankfulness of the blessing of Allah, what happened? They would give you more blessing, right? Remember, we said the bare minimum is this, that you are thankful for a blessing Allah has given you, Allah says, I will give you more of that blessing. So, thankfulness towards the blessing of Allah equals more blessing. What if I don't have thankfulness towards the blessing of Allah? I am going to be thankful for, for the existence of Allah Himself. He says, that's when Allah will give you more. More of what? More existence. That was, I did thankfulness to blessing of Allah, so blessing was given more. Here, existence of Allah, existence is given to me more. I grow in my existence more, he says. This, will now apply in this way, he says to me, that over there, my thankfulness was towards blessing, so more blessing was given. Here, it's towards existence, so more existence is given to me. So a person will be going from those who are amal salihat the ones who do good deeds, to salihin. You will grow from a person who does good deeds to an actual salih person. That means that you, your existence is salah and goodness. And then from there, a person who does this shukr properly will go from salihin to kummalin. Kummalin comes from kamil, being complete and perfect. So you are perfecting as a result of having that right type of shukr. Once again, these are things inshallah that Allah gives us. These are things that we have to realize. Okay, so and then he goes a step further, like you can hold your ears from here on. <laughs> he says, 
that uh, a person who actually now, as I said, please hold your, you're not holding your ears. Hold your ears, please. So this is the person who um, is doing shukr of the blessing of Allah in reality is doing kufran ni'mah of the real ni'mah. Okay, because they have focused on the blessing. Allah, where's Allah in all of this? No, you're supposed to actually, uh, real thankfulness is for Allah himself, he says. When you take that out of the equation, you're saying, oh Allah, thank you for this blessing. And you're looking at the blessing, right? This is shukr at the lowest level. And because it is shukr at the lowest level, it is at the same time kufran at a higher level. Okay, it's just like Tawheed. For some people, their Tawheed is Shirk in the eyes of Allah, but the acceptable Shirk that we talked about before. Remember in Surah Yusuf, it says that most of those who believe in Allah, they don't believe except that they're also Mushrik. We explained there that what is meant is that it's a subtle Shirk. It is a subtle Shirk that's acceptable, quote unquote. It doesn't take you out of the fold of Islam or anything, but it does show that you're not you're not at the height of that ladder of Tawheed, you're at the lower steps, which is perfectly fine. So here also, because if, if a per, those who have that lowest level of shukr, in reality at higher levels, that is seen as kufran and ni'mah. Because the real ni'mah is Allah himself, is the waliyun ni'mah. Yeah. Having said all of that, he goes a step further, and I'm going to leave this for our next session. He says, everything we said, okay, cool, but there is even the highest level of shukr that he wants to talk about, inshallah, and we'll have a lot of literature for that as well. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Any questions? Oh, all right. Thank you very much. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa alayhi wa